talking about taking territory vocationally, relationally, in our relationships. You've been married any length of time. You know it's easy to get in a rut. It's easy to start just, you just kind of circle around the same things. It's easy to start every January with the same resolutions, the same prayer requests, the same I'm going to change, this is my year. Can I get anybody to say amen to that? That I just don't know how to move beyond this thing. And last week we talked about the end of Moses' life. If you're new to the Bible, Moses has led the people of Israel out of 400 years of slavery and right into 40 years of wilderness wandering. Let me pause here and tell you, have you ever felt like you got a miracle only to walk into more hell? Have you ever felt like God delivered you from one thing and you got two things? You ever felt like you conquered this devil and two more came in his place? We were slaves for 400 years. and Now we're wandering for 40 years without a home. We know we've got a promise from God. We just don't know how to get over there. We just don't have, and they start complaining and talking about what's wrong. And, and Moses gets to the end of his life, and, and, and the book of Deuteronomy is kind of his farewell address to the children of Israel. And he says to them this amazing phrase I preached to you last week. He said, you've stayed here long enough. You've stayed at this mountain long enough. God's given us the land, now go in and possess it. And so for the next couple of weeks, I want to give you the tools. I want to put handles on. How do you possess the stuff that you know God's promised you? How do you really take hold of what God has, has, has promised in your life that you know that God's given you? And there, there just sometimes you start feeling like, I've been here before. Can you imagine 40 years wandering around what was ostensibly about a 250-mile journey? About 250 miles from the land of Goshen to the bottom of Canaan where God had promised the children of Israel. That is all the journey should have, t should have taken. And it takes 40 years to go 250 miles. It sounds like the same people were paving roads that are working on I-10. If you work for the state, God bless you. You ever felt like you've passed the same way before? Can you imagine... In, 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 as, as the child of God, thinking God delivered us. Man, we're walking in. We've been, our parents were slaves. Our grandparents were slaves. Our great-grandparents were slaves. Our great-great-grandparents were slaves. But we're free. And now you're lost. And you wandered around. And, 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 and at some point, there's somebody in two million people who spoke up and said, Moses, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I've seen this palm tree before. Like, I feel like we've walked around this before. I feel like I've seen that exact same camel. He was doing that same thing last year. I feel like I've been on this sand dune before. I feel like I've been around this same thing. I feel like we've prayed this same prayer before. I feel like 10 years ago, I was saying the same things about my marriage that I'm saying today. I feel like five years ago, I was just as confused about my purpose as I am today. I feel like seven years ago, I started the year thinking this was my year to finally break through, and I'm in the same spot I've always been desperate for some change in my life, circling around the same thing I've always circled around. A couple of weeks ago, Brandon and I were in Houston. For a few days, we had some friends that we were meeting, and we stayed at an Airbnb. Are you familiar with this? It's where you pay strangers to sleep in their house. Wrap your head around that. And so we did pay strangers to, <laughs> to go to their house. 
And um, it was in Midtown Houston. I'm fairly familiar with the city of Houston, but it was in Midtown Randy. And right on Main Street, they had built a new condo development, big high-rise called the Midtown Lofts. And uh, we followed the GPS, and uh, we do whatever Siri tells us to do. Say amen to that. That most of the time, the, the presence of the, the voice of God sounds like Siri to me, and so, <coughs> so we did what, what she told us to do, and we're on Main Street in Midtown Houston, and we arrive. You know, she says, you, "You've arrived at your destination," and so we look around, and there's tall buildings everywhere, and to our right, it's true. I'm t- a true story. Not that I ever tell you lies, but this is a true story. We walk around, and and there's a great big building, and at the top of the building, we can see the sign Midtown Lofts. We've arrived. So Brandy, our navigator, opens up her phone and gets the directions for staying at this Airbnb. And it goes just like this. That there's, a, that there's a key, there's a fob that you have to use to get in the garage before you can get in the building, before you can get in the apartment. And the fob is in the pine tree. True story, so help me God. So we sit in front of this building. I stop on the middle of Main Street in Midtown Houston, and we begin to look for a pine tree. And so I'm looking around, and I become a botanist in the moment. That's not a pine tree. That's a a flat-leaf oak. That's a a white-tailed oak. And I start crawling, true story, I start crawling in front. And, we, and the building's passing by us, and we ain't got no pine tree. And the traffic is starting to build behind us. And much to the joy of the godly people of the city of Houston, I now have created a traffic jam. And so those good godly people behind me roll their window down and begin to shout blessings toward my car. Are you with me? It was in tongues. Some of it didn't sound right, but it was blessings. And they waved a very special wave they had for us. And they were honking their support for our blessing. And so I sped up, and, and, and we, just, we literally just turned at the next block. Building's still right here. Still no pine tree. Make the block. Come all the way around. Start again. Okay, we're back at the same corner. That's the building. Keys in the pine tree. Turn right. Ease our way back. Same exact scenario. I build up traffic. They start hurling blessings my way. I speed up, make the block. So help me God, four revolutions around this building. I now question my relationship with Brandy. I question my relationship with God. I question having kids. I don't know what's going on. I sure don't want to be in this situation. And we get... In front of the building, we get to the corner of the building again. We're about to turn right. And my son, I have a five-year-old, my, what am I calling my assistant pastor. My assistant pastor's in the back seat. At five years old, he has been watching uh, uh, Prophet Blue's Clues or whatever he's watching on the screen. And he, and he looks up, and just as matter-of-fact as he's been, he said, Daddy, I think we've been here before. So then I start yelling blessings to the people in my car. Are you with me on that? Thank you, mighty man of God. Yes, we have been here before. Long story short, they named the lockbox Pine Tree. Right. Those people aren't saved people. 
You ever pulled up to a promise that you know God gave you and you just can't figure out how to get in? You ever, you, you ever pulled in a new city and you know God's called you there, but you can't find friends and fit in? You ever, you, you, you ever show up to your first day at the office, the, the job that you've prayed for, and the, the moment you walk on that elevator, there's that sinking feeling in your stomach. I don't even know if this was the right thing. You ever, you ever walked in on a Friday, gave your two-week notice because you know God's called you somewhere else, but the moment you do, you start questioning, I don't even know, I don't even know how to do this. You ever sat across from a bank president asking for a loan to start a business, write a book, go back to college, and the moment you do, you think, I don't even know how to, I don't even know what steps to take now. I know God promised me this, I just don't know how to walk into this. I feel like I've been circling around this whole thing for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years. I've been trying to find my way. I've been trying to decide how do I unlock that building and get in there. I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I just don't know how to get in. And if you're not careful, in the middle of your wandering, you'll create apathy and lethargy. Well, you'll start questioning, should I even be here? Should this really be what I'm going after? Nothing's going to change anyway. Why would I pray? Why should I even try? Why should I keep giving and tithing when we can't seem to break through financially? Why should we stay together? We've been to counseling, read every book, come to church, and it's still the same fight for the last two decades. Where do we go? Why is it this way? I've circled this building long enough. I feel like I've been here before. And the danger for a child of God, when you get in that lethargy and apathy, you start, not only do you start questioning, is this really for me, but you quit exploring new territory for God. You'll stop having dreams. You'll stop believing God for more. You'll stop opening door handles of things that you used to walk through and take with confidence. And when they posted the promotion, you were the first to apply. And when somebody said, let's go take the hill, you said, I'm with you. And now you're so timid and insecure and scared because this thing hasn't worked out. I've been praying for the last 10 years. I've circled this mountain before. I've been here 40 years and I don't know. Maybe I'm not even supposed to be doing this. Maybe I'm chasing the wrong thing. Maybe I'm not supposed to find happiness. Maybe I can't find purpose in my life. Maybe I can't be full of joy. Maybe I'm not supposed to have a great marriage. Maybe I'm not supposed to have a great relationship with my kids. Maybe I can't, I don't even know if fulfillment in your job is possible. Maybe you're just supposed to show up, work, and then die. I don't even know why I'm still here. Apathetic. Insecure. Questioning everybody and everything. What are we really doing with our lives? I've received a promise from God. Now this is where the devil moves in. This is where your spiritual enemy finds a crack in the armor and he wedges in and here's what he tells you. You you didn't really get a promise from God. God didn't really say that. You, you, you made that up. You, you, you're not even supposed to be here. Nobody with where you come from has ever succeeded. No, no, nobody from your family's ever made it. No, no marriage in your family's ever lasted this long. No, no, nobody's ever come out of, the, uh, uh, of where you come from. No, God didn't really call you to do And you'll start questioning the promises of God. And here's the truth of the matter. 
Because the enemy never makes up lies from, a, from the beginning, okay? Let, let, me, let me teach you about your enemy, the devil. He never just creates a lie. He always perverts the truth. So in the Garden of Eden, he didn't just make up eating the apple. He said, what did God say? And then he changed one word and he perverted the truth. Are you with me? Say amen. So he, so he takes that thing and he says, oh, I don't know if that's really the promise. And you'll start believing it because most people believe that a promise from God is a guarantee it's going to happen. A promise from God is not a guarantee it's going to happen. Write this in your notes. A promise is an offer from God with a guaranteed result. Let me say it, let me say it this way. A promise is an opportunity for you to receive what God wants you to have. But it's not, God doesn't make the direct connection between I promise you this, now you don't have anything to do in this, all you got to do is just, no, 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 there's a, there's a connection that you have to make between the promise and the possession. Are you awake today? It's an opportunity. It's an offer from God. Now when you change your thinking about the promises of God, now you'll start believing, okay, so God doesn't owe me anything. God finished all the promises He owed us in Jesus, everybody. When God sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the end of the new covenant, everybody. I'm telling you, that's God said, I've done. I've made all the first moves I have to make to you. Now every other promise from God comes with a guaranteed result if you'll walk in and possess the land. And when you do, then you start proving the promises of God in your life. You go all the way to the end of the book of Joshua. They've already conquered in Canaan. They're already inhabiting the promised land. Joshua 21, 45 says it like this. Not one of the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Not one. All of them, every one of them was fulfilled. You know why? You know why the children of Israel saw all the promises of God? Because they started possessing what God had promised. They had a part to play. Let me pause here and look you in the eye and tell you. You have a part to play in the miracle God has for you. You have a part to play in walking towards your destiny. Don't give up where you currently are. Don't just decide this isn't going to matter. It matters what you do in the waiting between the promise and the possession. It matters what you say in, the, in between the promise and the possession. Because there's a voice inside your heart and in your head. And it's the loudest voice in your life. And if you're not careful in the circling time, it will become the voice of insecurity. I'm not sure I'm supposed to be here. I don't even know why we took this job. I don't know why we moved here. I don't even know if this is the right path for us. I don't even know if I should keep praying for this. I don't know if we should stay together. Maybe we should call it quits. I don't know what to do with all this. And you start feeling insecure. You start feeling like you're not called to do. You don't have the promise of God. And that's where the enemy wants you to be. And I come today to tell you, you are called to possess every promise God has made to you. You can, I can, we can possess all of the promises of God that not one of the Lord's good promises will fail. Last week we get to the end of Moses' life. He's 120 years old. Goes to the top of Mount Nebo, which by the way looks into the promised land and he dies. And 
Joshua, the first chapter, sort of picks up at the end of that narrative. And here's what it says, Joshua 1, if you have your Bibles, or you can look on the screen. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun. I love that, by the way. That just because it didn't happen in the previous generation doesn't mean God doesn't still talk to you. And so he starts talking to Joshua, who is Moses' aid. Would you underline that phrase, Moses' aid, in your Bible? He's Moses' aid. Matter of fact, one translation talks about how Joshua stayed in the tent of Moses. He was always at Moses' side. Joshua was there at the first Passover. Joshua was probably was probably 30 or 40 years old when they left Egypt. He was Moses' right-hand man. He's his aide. And God says to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm going to give the Israelites. And I will give you, underline this in your Bible, every place where you set, your foot. Let me pause here and tell you. There's some stuff God wants to give you, but He's not going to give it to you just because the boundaries are there. He's going to give it to you because you walked over there. <laughs> He's going to give you some stuff in your life because you decided to get up one morning, put your new balances on, and start walking. God, I think I'd like happiness over here. God says, okay, if you're willing to walk towards and work on happiness, I'm going to give you that. God, I'd like joy on my job. I don't want to go in every Monday dreading Mondays and dreading my week. And God says, if you're willing to go walk into that, I'm going to give you joy and fulfillment into that. God, we need a financial breakthrough. So I'm going to walk to Financial Peace University, which starts February the 2nd as a connect group at City Hills Church. I'm going to walk into this territory so that I can get financial freedom. God says, I'll give you every place you're going to walk. Where Christians usually miss out on the promises of God is we don't like the walking. Not me, not this church, and not you, not in 2020. In Jesus' name, I'm going I'm to lace up like a mall walker. You know what I'm talking about? You may, I'm, I'm going to get up power walking. Everywhere God promised me, I'm, I'm walking towards it. God, where do you want me to go? I'm walking. Y'all laugh at me if you want to, but I'm walking in new buildings. I'm walking in new campuses. I'm walking in new places. I'm walking in new staff. I'm walking in joy. I'm walking in deliverance. I'm walking in my joy back. I'm walking with my, I'm taking my kids and walking through it. I'm walking with my wife. There's some stuff you got to walk towards. So God, it doesn't mean God didn't promise it. It means you got to walk in. You got to participate in the miracle that God wants you to have and can you imagine the insecurity of Joshua Joshua is now 80 years old he was probably 40 or so Mike at the time that he spied the land for Moses 40 more years in the wilderness and Joshua has seen every single contemporary Every person over the age of 20 years old that left Egypt died in, in the wilderness except Joshua and Caleb. Every single, wrap your head around this, every person Joshua grew up with, every childhood friend he ever had, every family member that he came out of Egypt with, 
Every person he graduated high school and college with. Every person in Israel over the age of 20 save Joshua and Caleb had died. And now God says to Joshua, you're the man. You're following this dynamic leader. God, I'm 80 years old. At 80 years old, look at me. I'm going to be in short pants and long tube socks, somebody, with the little red ribs around them. Y'all know what I'm trying to say there? Maybe compression socks, whatever. I'm going to be riding around in a golf cart somewhere on sunny San Diego sand, somebody. I'm not trying to go conquest at 80. But God said, if I've called you, you'll do exactly. I've commanded you to take territory. Let me pause here and tell you, you're never too old to do something for God. You've never gone too far, done too much, too far gone, too bad, come from the wrong side of the tracks, not have enough money, enough education, the right people, the right lineage. It doesn't matter. When God calls you, you're called by God to possess the land. Joshua's insecure. If I'm standing there in front of everybody, I'm thinking, God, you don't know what you've done. You got the wrong brother. Come on. Como se dice, my bad. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you got the wrong brother, God. You got the wrong guy. Uh, you didn't mean me. You meant that other brother, Joshua. That's, that's Josh. We call him Josh. You didn't talk about me. I've been circling this mountain for a long time. I've been in here in a long time. I don't know if you really mean this. God keeps talking to Joshua. I love this. Verse 7. Not one not one person, no one will be able to stand against you. God's still telling Joshua, all the days of your life. Man, what a promise from God. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Many of you have quoted this. You had no idea where it came from in the Bible. It's this story. I will never leave you or forsake you. Man, what a promise from God. That it doesn't matter where I go, God's with me. The enemy will tell you you're all alone in this. God's nowhere around. No, no, no. I'm with, as I was with Moses, I am with you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. And then he says something amazing where I want you to really focus your attention. He says it three times. Read this on the screen. He says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. I love that because I, I kind of think God's a little thug. I, I don't know. I, th I think he just takes people by the arm sometimes, looks them right in the eyes and said, Joshua, look at me. You ever done that? You ever try to get somebody's attention? Look at me. You will lead these people. I think maybe spit in his face. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you, you will do what it is I've called you to do. And I, Joshua would shake up. And so he's got his attention and he, so he repeats himself. God says, in case you didn't hear me the first time, be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you, he says. Did I not call you here? Did I not open that door for you to get this job that you're not qualified for, but God made a way for you? Did I not deliver you when you thought the divorce was the end of your life and you'd never find a way out again and happiness again and I've cared for you. You got your own place now. You're moving in the own direction now. You thought it was all over with but God was with you every step. Have I not commanded you to keep moving forward? Didn't I make a way when you didn't know how you were going to eat? You had more month than you had money and God showed up right at the last minute. I've, I've commanded you Joshua but it's going to take you, here's the third time, it's going to take you being strong and and full of courage 
Square your shoulders back right there in those seats. Come on, put your shoulders back against you. You're going to have to grow a backbone if you're going to take territory in your life. The enemy's not just going to let you just walk all over him. No, no, no. I'm going to walk up and be strong and full of courage. God said, Joshua, I've promised it to you, but you're going to have to walk around in it and carry a big stick when you walk around in it. Be strong and full of courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you will go. Would you give him praise in Jesus' name? That's, that's God's word for you today. If you don't hear anything else, be strong and courageous. Don't be weak and let the enemy run over you and your joy and your peace and tell you, well, you're, you're destined for this because your daddy was an alcoholic, his daddy was an alcoholic, you've got alcoholism in your blood. No, 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 I don't. In Jesus' name, I've walked around this addiction long enough. I will take territory. This is my year to finally walk out of poverty. I don't care where we come from. I don't. Their generational curses are broken when you get out of the water. Listen to me. It's a lie from the devil that you can still have a generational curse on you when you've been water baptized you are born again you're a new creature all the other stuff the creatures did before you they we buried them in Jesus name and you got up out of that water with a new promise and a new destiny and I'm taking ground in my life shout amen God I feel like Joshua now I'm a, I may wear a sword next week my security team would tackle me before I got here. <laughs> Be strong, full of courage. Be strong and full. But you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I am. No, 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 I know what's happened. You've been circling this building so long, you've talked yourself out of staying here. You, you're so insecure. You've heard the lie of the enemy so long, you've believed what he's told you. So on this second week of taking ground, I'm going to give you some declarations. I, I, I'm tired of waking up with questions in my life. I'm ready to start waking up declaring some stuff in my life. I'm tired of starting Monday mornings questioning, why am I still doing this? Brandon, why am I still here? Why am I still working on this? Why, do, why is it still taking so long to get through this? Why, why am I still circling around? I'm not going to question it. I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning telling my destiny where I'm headed, telling my enemy what God's called me to do. I'm going to start declaring some stuff in my life. Are you ready? Shout, I'm ready. Write this in your notes. Here's the first declaration. I want you to write it down, and I want you to use it all year long. I felt like God gave me this word for the rest of the year for you. you you gotta, you got to write this on your heart and make it your declaration. Write this down. I am anointed to accomplish my assignment. Write it in your notes. I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. Would you say that out loud? I am anointed to accomplish my assignment. Say it louder. I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. Look into my eyes. You didn't get that job because you knew somebody who knew somebody. You got that job because you're the anointed of God. Because God's got something special for you to do. You didn't just get that. You, you don't, you're not successful at work because you're gifted and talented. Where do you think gifts and talents come from? You're anointed by God. You're not just, you're not just average. You're the anointed of God. God's put his holy anointing on your life. When you walk into your marriage and into your home and as a parent you walk into your kids rooms and you walk into that coaching job you walk into that office job you're not just there because somebody opened a door for you you're there because 
God anointed you to be there. And if God's anointed you, you can accomplish everything he's assigned you to do in Jesus' name. Say it again. I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. It's in the New Testament, not just an Old Testament concept. 1 John 2 and 20 says, but you belong. You belong. I don't have time to teach it to you. You belong here. Touch somebody beside you. Say, I belong here. I belong here. The enemy will tell you, what are you doing here? Why why are you even here? You've you've blown your chance. You've blown your opportunity. You look him right in the eyes this week and tell him, no, 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 I belong here. I belong here. God anointed me to be here. The Holy One of God anointed you, and you know it. I haven't been writing this to tell you something foreign you don't know, but I'm confirming the truth you do know and to remind you that the devil will lie to you and tell you that there's something that you don't have that somebody else has No, I'm anointed to accomplish the assignment in my life. I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. You're anointed by God. Write that on your mirror in lipstick, unless you're a dude, and then write it in bar soap. (laughs) Because men use bar soap, not body wash. That's a little side point. Look at it tomorrow morning. Stand there with your bad breath at 5.30, your bad hair, because you're coming to prayer at 6. Look at yourself in the eyes and say, I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. I'm anointed to accomplish my assignment. God put me. Joshua, you didn't just get this because you're special. You got it because God's anointed you. Joshua, you don't have enough strength to to lead these people to Israel by yourself. You don't have enough strength for that. But God's anointed you to accomplish your assignment. Here's the second declaration. Write this down. i got to hurry. Just because I'm not visible doesn't mean I'm not valuable. Just because I'm not visible doesn't mean I'm not valuable. The enemy will tell you nobody sees where you are. Nobody even knows what you're capable of, Joshua. Moses has been the one leading the people this whole time. You've just been his aid. You just went and got him water when he was thirsty. You just washed his clothes. Nobody really believes you can stand up and lead the army to the promise of God. No, no, no. Just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not valuable. Just because you're hidden down on the bottom floor of the office building doesn't mean God isn't going to elevate you to the corner office. Just because you got here and nobody knows you and you moved into an apartment complex that nobody knows you, you, you don't, you're not from here, you don't feel like you fit in, everybody's already got friends and cliques, just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not valuable. I know you just walked into that office. I know your kids just walked into that new school and how insecure they feel and how I don't know if this is really the right place for me. I don't know if I can really do this. Joshua, even though you're not visible, you're valuable to God. The Bible says it like this in Exodus 33, that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one who speaks to a friend. That's, by the way, possibly the most remarkable thing I've read in the Bible. And then Moses would return to the camp. Now catch this. But his young aide, Joshua, would stay at church. God, I love that. 
Moses, you go back and lead the people. You go get on the platform and tell everybody. Moses, you go be the superstar. I'm going to stay here in God's house. Just because you're hidden doesn't mean God's forgotten where you are. God may be hiding you for a season so that he can promote you. God may be teaching you in obscurity. God, I feel what I'm preaching right now. God may be teaching you in obscurity. David, just because you're on the backside of a nowhere, nobody knows your name. Samuel poured, he poured eight quarts of oil over your head. You're the anointed of God. Just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not valuable. Just because the boss hadn't found you yet doesn't mean God's not ready to promote you. Just because it feels like nobody knows my marriage struggles, it only happens when the doors close, when the shades are drawn. Just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not valuable. God has a place for you. He has destiny for you. He's got a promise for you. And I want you to remind yourself, write it down. Invisibility despite popular opinion, is not a sign of insignificance. i got to tell you that again. Invisibility is not a sign of insignificance. I'm preaching to a woman who feels like she hasn't been seen. I'm preaching to a mother. Who, come, come play, Kent. I feel the Holy Spirit moving right now. Who feels like, since you had kids... I don't even have any value anymore. Who am I? All those dreams I had in my 20s, all those things I thought I'd do in college, I feel like I'm just hidden back in obscurity. I feel invisible. I feel insignificant. I hear you preaching about dreams and destiny and future and promise, but I don't even know if anybody sees me. And I... I came today on the second week of Taking Ground to tell you, just because you're not visible, Joshua, I see where you are. Moses can go back to the camp. You stay right there in God's house. I'll, I'll promote you at the right time. Tomorrow morning when you get up, you look the devil right in the eyes and tell him, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you don't see me. It doesn't matter if nobody knows my name. It doesn't matter if in this company everybody else gets credit for the, the work, but me, I'm the one doing it. Doesn't matter if no, it doesn't matter if no one retweets me, no one likes my post. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I, it doesn't matter the, what, what, what you perceive to be the contribution. All the other mamas feel like they got it together on Facebook. Look in my eyes. They don't have it together either. Just because I'm not visible doesn't mean I'm not valuable. God has anointed me to take this ground. Joshua, I've commanded you. I like to say it like this, that God is preparing you for what he's prepared for you. <laughs> that there's seasons in our lives, Marcia, in 2019, when God prepared you for a healing ministry, what he's prepared for you. That you can lay hands on the sick and they would recover. That he's prepared you. Maybe what you've walked through is not for you. It's for somebody else. <laughs> Maybe you'll lead the divorce care. Maybe you'll be the one who tells a mama who's single 
You can do it. You can make it. God's got your back. God hasn't left you or forsaken. Maybe you're the one who can tell that college student you can do it. You can work two jobs and still go to school. I did it. You can do it. I've prepared you for what I've prepared for you. And here's the last thing I've got to tell you, the last declaration, then I'll pray for you. I've got to get this word to you. I want you to write this down, and I want you to remember it every day of your life. I want you to declare these things to God. I have nothing to prove and only one to please. That's the best news I've told you all day long. I have nothing to prove. We live in a culture that says you have to prove to everybody what you do. If you didn't check in, it didn't happen. Come on, somebody. If you didn't post it on Instagram, it didn't happen. You got to prove to everybody you went to Orange Theory three days in a row. Stop that. You got to prove to everybody, look at me, I'm valuable. Do y'all like my new hair? I just took this, I just, I'm just in the car taking this picture. I just, it's no big deal. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm where you live now. Because culture tells you you got to prove your worth to everybody. You don't have to prove nothing to nobody. You've got one person to please, and it's God. God's the one who called you. God's the one who anointed you. God's the one who put his spirit in you. God's the one who gave you this assignment, Joshua. You don't have, it doesn't matter if nobody in Israel understands you. God put his hands on you, Joshua. God called you to lead the people into the promised land. You don't have to lead like Moses. You're not Moses. I was with Moses, and I'll be with you. Joshua, you don't have anything to prove to anybody. You've just got to please God. I want you to wake up up in 2020 every day of your life not pleasing your ex-husband not pleasing your parents not worrying about pleasing everybody at work you got to please God my life's going to please God I got to do what God said where God called how God laid it out God gave me this promise and I'm taking ground in my life Come on, stand up all over the house if that word's for you. Put your hands in the air. Grab a hold of this word in your heart. Come on, every hand raised. Grab a hold of this word. Take some territory back. Start declaring some stuff. I'm anointed to accomplish the assignment God's given me. I'm anointed by God to accomplish everything God gave me to do. I believe God's spirit is with me. I believe God called me here. God's preparing me for something that he's prepared for me. God already knows where I am. Even though I feel invisible, I'm not insignificant. God, I repent. Come on, tell him. For the sin of people pleasing. God I repent for all the times I tried to make sure everybody knew. Everybody that questioned my motives. Everybody that I tried to prove to them. I'm done with that this year. I got to please God. You may not understand why I get up at 5.30 in the morning. Go to prayer. Doesn't matter. You, you don't even have to understand why I preach like I do. You don't know where <laughs> you don't know where I come from. You don't know you don't know the backside of Arkansas I come from. I got nothing to prove to you. I gotta please God with my life. I gotta please God with my life. Father, I pray for every hand raised. Come on, grab a hold of this word. That this is the year of declaration. God, they'd wake up in the morning, not with questions, but going to the answer. 
affirming what you've already put in their hearts. We just agree with the word of God. I just agree that I'm the anointed of God. That if you've given me this assignment, you've anointed me to complete it. I can finish this. I can go back to school. I can start this company. I can make it. There's life after this hurt. I can, I can rebound from this heartbreak. I can do this. I can rebuild my marriage. I can rebuild my relationship with my children. I believe you've given me this assignment. And in Jesus' name, I'm anointed to accomplish this assignment. I'm anointed to accomplish. Come on, tell him from the depths of your soul. Tell him, God, I trust you today. God, I believe I got nothing to prove to anybody else. God, I'm just trying to please you. Deliver me from the sin of people pleasing, of making everybody else understand my decisions. And Some people are going to not understand me. Some people are going to misunderstand why we stayed together when we should have broke up. Some people are going to misunderstand why I do what I do, but I know that I know that God's called me to do this. God's with me, and i got to please God with my life. I know I feel invisible right now. I know you, you feel like nobody knows where you are, but just because you're not visible doesn't mean you're not valuable. God, I thank you that my value comes from you, that I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm a son, a daughter of the Most High God. I'm heirs with God, joint heirs with Christ. And you've, you've called me and seated me in heavenly places with joy and peace and destiny in our lives. I see many of you, you've already slid your hands into somebody else's. Come on, if you came to church with somebody, why don't you wrap your arm around them if your family's close to you. I feel a family prayer for you right now. Put your hands in a spouse. Come here, Brandy. Let's agree together in Jesus' name. Father, I just believe you right now for breakthrough in every marriage and every family and every relationship. God, I believe you for healing and hope to be restored. I pray in Jesus' name for wayward children. I pray, God, for marriages that seem broken. I pray for people who've made a move this year and they've questioned, why am I still here? Why did we take this job? Why did we move to San Antonio? But you called them and you've anointed them for this assignment. I pray in Jesus' name for confidence to be restored. I pray for taking territory. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to bless business owners and I'm asking you to bless real estate agents and I'm asking you to bless bankers and God, I'm asking you to pour your spirit out on car salesmen. God, I'm praying for single moms. I'm praying for stay-at-home moms. God, that don't know where value and worth they have. Teachers and administrators. God, I just believe you for territory. I have been here long enough. I'm taking territory in our family. We're taking ground back. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you agree with that word, why don't you lift up the best shout of praise you've given him all day today. Come on, raise your voice as a victory cry. Come on, give him the best praise. Ten more seconds of victory, victory, victory in Jesus' name.